This is Darrell Lalia, and you're listening to episode um, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 of the Before the Man's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. But whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. Hey, what's up? What's going on, guys? DeRay Olalaye here, and welcome to another episode of the BTM Before the Millions podcast. Guys, we're nearing the end of the year. This is super exciting. I love the the holiday season. I love Christmas time. I just love the the Christmas carols, the presents, the the exchanging of gifts, the camaraderie. I love everything about it. I love the cold weather. I'm able to I'm able to pull out clothes that I that I typically wouldn't be able to pull out. So it's it's super exciting for me. On this episode, guys, we're interviewing Joe Kasherba. Now, if you haven't heard of Joe, Joe was in the freelance web design business, and he started his particular business in high school. So he started a digital agency in high school, and he started building $300 websites for his clients. And he slowly, methodically grew his business from $300 per website to $30,000 a website. So I'm thinking that the name of this episode will be, and I'm not sure yet, you guys probably already know because the episode has already been released, but I'm thinking that the name of this episode is going to be 10 Extra Business Growth by Working Smarter. Joe 100x his business growth, 300 to 30,000. That's amazing. So there are a lot of takeaways to learn from how he was able to do that. We talk about the benefits of a team. We talk about the benefits of working smarter, not harder. We talk about the fact that actually increasing your prices will actually bring you more clients. It's crazy. It's a, it's a mindset paradigm shift. And, and I love it. We talk about advertising. We talk about strategies to help you draw your ideal clientele, to help you draw your ideal avatar. So amazing episode, guys. I'm recording right now. I'm currently recording in my hotel room in Cincinnati, Ohio. And unbeknownst to me, I wouldn't even consider myself in Cincinnati. I would consider myself in Northern Kentucky. I'm almost right on the border, but I'm recording currently in Cincinnati, Ohio in my hotel room. I came out here to meet up with who I now consider a friend of mine, the podcast answer man, Cliff Ravenscraft. We're spending two days together, one-on-one, and it's going to be fun, guys. It's going to be awesome. I'll tell you guys all about it in a future episode. But So when this episode actually releases, I'll be on my way to the airport, and I'll be gone for close to a month, I think. I haven't bought my ticket yet, but I'll be gone for close to a month. I'm going overseas. I'm going to Nigeria. I have about three weddings to go to, so we're going to spend Christmas in Nigeria. We're going to spend New Year's in Nigeria. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a blast. So in advance, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Love the support. I hope that you're bringing in your new year right. I hope that you have your goals set. 
not your New Year's resolutions, but your goals. Studies show that New Year's resolutions, they don't actually work. People don't stick to them. They're actually so much more counterintuitive than quite simply setting a goal on a random day. So let's kind of stay away from that. Let's set goals, whether or not it's on the New Year, before the New Year, after the New Year. Let's set goals and let's set smart goals. If you don't know what a smart goal is, look it up. So anyways, guys, I'm really super excited for this episode. So let's get into the tip of the week. DeRay's tip of the week. It's kind of funny because this is less of a tip and more, more of an inspirational talk, but you know, apply it as you see fit. What are you passionate about? What do you really want to do? Are you exactly where you want to be in life? Are you doing exactly what you want to do business-wise? Are you at the perfect job? Are you at a job that you love? Are you at a job that you hate? Are you at a job simply because it pays the bills? Now, I commend Joe. Joe is the guest that is about to speak on this podcast. And I I commend Joe for the effort and the work he's put in behind his business and how he's grown it from $300 to $30,000 a website. And he's gone on to bigger and better things these days. But let's just start with the nucleus. So let's start with a starting point. Let's start with website designing. Now, website designing is not not a cakewalk. It's not something that you can pick up today and be successful tomorrow. But I do believe that any and everybody can design a website. I mean, why not? It doesn't take freakish athletic ability. You don't have to be Usain Bolt. Any and everybody, just think about it. Any and everybody can design a website. Joe teaches people how to do this. If you understand fear, how I understand fear, you know that you can design a website and you know that if Joe can do it, you can do it. You know that if he can make $5,000 a website, which he's making a lot more than that, but you know that if he can make $5,000 a website, you can do it too. There's no reason why you can't do it. It doesn't take freakish athletic ability. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. You don't need 10 years of schooling. You don't need a big operating budget. So anybody can can go learn the tricks of the trade and literally start making $5,000 a website if they wanted to, if you wanted to. That's amazing to me. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to understand what are you truly passionate about? If you knew that you can go out and make a $5,000 website after a few weeks of training, what are really your possibilities? What's really holding you back from doing exactly what you want to do, from finding that dream job, from starting that dream business? Everything works. Everything. Every business model, every industry, everything works. It all comes down to, are you willing to work it? Are you willing to see it through? Are you willing to get started? Are you willing to put it on the line? Are you willing to go until you can't go any longer? Are you willing to not stop until you see success? Because the only people I've ever seen fail were the people who stopped, were the people who gave up. I've never seen somebody fail who didn't give up. Name one. I've never seen a person fail that didn't give up. Just think about it. I've never seen a person fail that didn't give up. So if it's about income, yeah, you can go replace your income tomorrow with something else that you equally do not like. You may have more time freedom. Or not. I mean, you have to answer to clients. Specifically talking about this example of website designing, you can easily replace your income. So when it comes to doing what you're truly passionate about, what you truly want to do, what you truly love, what's stopping you? If you know how I know that there's no possible way that you can fail if you never give up, what's really stopping you? Is it the certainty of a paycheck? 
Is it the fact that you've been in school for five, 10 years studying one subject and you couldn't possibly imagine how you can move past that because you want to recoup the losses? You want to benefit from all the schooling that, that you had. So you're forcing yourself to stay in the industry that you hate. Think about it, guys. Most of us can go out and make a $5,000, $10,000 website in a matter of weeks, on the high end, in a matter of months. Again, it's not rocket science. I'm not saying it's going to be easy by any means. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But the fact that you know that you can do that, you have the capability to do that, that should put things in perspective for you. That should let you know that whatever it is that you're doing, whatever certainty you get out of what it is that you're doing now and you're naturally passionate about it, you can find that certainty somewhere else. You can find that success somewhere else. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? Imagine if you can get paid as much as you want to do what you truly love. Well, Dere, it's not that easy. How do you know? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We often have this mindset that I can't do this or I won't do this because I don't want to put this or that at jeopardy. I don't want to give up the easy money. I don't want to give up the easy income. I don't want to be uncomfortable for a while. But in all seriousness, what's the point if you're not fulfilled? What's the point of working 50, 60, 70 hours a week if you're not fulfilled? To put food on the table? You can put food on the table in a million different ways. This example is one. Why not put food on the table doing something that you love? Going back to the question, what's the worst that can happen? I want you to picture, imagine, if you gave up what you're doing today to pursue exactly what you love, what you want to do, what's the worst that could happen? You lose your friends. You go broke. You lose sleep. Are these really bad things? You're not able to pay the bills. Okay, let's think about that. Let's say that you set yourself up. Let's say that you go out on a limb and you go try exactly what it is that you're looking to do. Think about the resources that you currently have. If you fell flat on your face, do you have the experience and expertise to get back in your industry, to pick up right where you left off? Do you have the resources? Do you have the connections to get another job, to continue the business that you're currently doing? Of course you do. So what's the worst that could happen? We operate under this false sense of fear. And that's all it is. It's a false sense of fear because you and I work very capable of achieving our dreams. We're very capable of creation. We're very capable of creating. We're very capable of any and everything we desire as long as we get out there and do it. Go start that business. See what happens. It's what you want to do anyways. You know how to rebound if it doesn't work, but why wouldn't it work? The only reason it wouldn't work is if you stopped. Your t-shirt business can bring you $5,000 a month. Your consulting for Facebook ads can bring you $5,000 a month. Your landlording can bring you $5,000 a month. So it's not about the money. Take the focus off of the money. Whatever it is that you're making, that's irrelevant. If you're not doing what you truly love, that is, that is irrelevant. You're wasting hours, you're wasting days, you're wasting weeks and months and years away just because you're doing something that provides you with security. When you can be doing what you love make as much, if not infinitely more money. And now you've created a, a process. You've created something that you know is repeatable because you've done it already. So no matter what happens, you're able to use those same skills to survive and thrive. What's your time worth to you? How long are you going to be stuck in a business that's unsatisfying? 
how long are you going to be dealing with clients that you you'd rather not have to deal with? How long are you going to be dealing with vendors? How long are you going to be in a situation that you don't like? What's the point? What's the point when there's so much more for you out there? You can make money in any industry. Money should not be the motivation. If you've, if you've gathered anything from this podcast and my message, money should not be the motivation. Cash flow is not about money. Cash flow is about lifestyle. I could care less about money. I've turned down tons, tons of opportunities to make buckets of money. Literally flat out turn them down because it's not about the money. I'm creating systems. I'm creating processes. I'm doing what I love. And if I can get paid off of doing what I love, if I can dedicate my time to doing what I love and that pays me, I have no interest in your money. Your money is a waste of time for me because it's taken away from the time in which I could be spending with my family. I can be helping others grow. I can be doing exactly what I love and get paid as much as I want. So what it is that you're offering has no bearing on me. I don't care about making a ton of money doing a transaction. That's not fruitful for me. Lifestyle, people, lifestyle. Are you ready to start something amazing and get paid for it? Support your family off of it? Hundreds, if not thousands of people in this world are doing what they love to do every single day. And they would do that if if they wouldn't get paid a dime for it. This podcast, I would do this podcast every single day if nobody paid me anything. Matter of fact, nobody's paying me anything. As a super matter of fact, my expenses for this podcast are over $2,000 a month. I'm going negative every single month to produce podcasts for you guys. But that's because I know and I truly believe in what I'm doing. I truly believe in my passion. And I truly believe that helping you guys, not only is it creating a brighter future for everybody that, that I know and everybody that I'm connected with, but I know eventually I'll get to the point to where it's going to be monetized, but not at the expense of selling out, not at the expense of making more money now, not at the expense of, of, of giving up some of my freedoms. Now, clearly as a business owner, I don't want any of my businesses to be going negative, but I'm okay with producing this content for free because it's something that I yearn to do. I love helping others. And of course I have a a plan to monetize. I actually have a 90-day plan to monetize. It's going to be amazing, guys. I'm going to talk about that in another episode, but I have a plan to monetize. But that's the beauty of it. I'm going to be doing it anyways. It's what I want to do. It's what I love to do. Now, what I'm not going to do is go and get a job that takes up all of my time, that causes me to have mood swings, that causes me to get angry and mad, that causes me to be flustered about where else my time could be better spent, because of the dollar signs, because of the quote unquote stability, go and risk it all. Go and put it all on the line. You'll realize you're not really risking a whole lot. You're not putting a whole lot on the line. It sounds crazy. It sounds scary. But again, you have the resources, you have the skills to go back and do exactly what you were doing. Even if it's not for the same company, why limit yourself? Why give up 90% of your week, week in, week out? to make somebody else happy, to make somebody else rich. That's what you're doing. You're working five, six days a week. Do the math. You expect me to, to be happy with the 10% that I'm left over with, to enjoy my life with that last 10, 15, 20%? No, that's not what I signed up for when I came out the womb. I'm sorry. I want to spend 10% of my time making a living and 90% of my time actually living. 
not the other way around. What is your time worth to you? What are your passions worth to you? You can sell your business today. Start pursuing your dream tomorrow. You can sell your business today. Start pursuing your dream tomorrow. And make buckets of cash while doing it, if that's what you desire. But I wanted to use this specific example because, again, it's not to to downplay web designing because, I mean, it can be anything. It literally can be anything. But because we, we have Joe on the show today, that's why I'm using this specific example. How easy would it be to leave what you're doing today and replace that income, if that's what you're worried about, with something that you love doing? And if it doesn't work, you pivot. You pivot and pivot and pivot, but you don't give up. And if you do decide to give up, you can always go back. That's the tip of the week this week, guys. Let's get into the episode. And now your feature presentation. Today, I'd like to welcome Joe Kasherba to the show. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Definitely, definitely. I'm super excited. Joe grew his freelance web design business that he started in high school into a digital agency with a virtual team and clients all around the world. He went from building $300 websites to building $30,000 websites and managing six-figure digital advertising budgets for some of the largest manufacturing and construction companies. Joe now advises and mentors other freelance web designers and digital agency owners on how to develop and scale their business. Joe, that's why we have you on the show today. We want to learn how to develop and scale our business. Before that, let's learn a little bit more about you. Let's go on the time machine. Let's talk about your upbringings and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So it all started in high school when I had a group of friends that had a band. And my first big entrepreneurial endeavor was they were playing at this local restaurant and I took my video camera and filmed them, the band playing at this restaurant. And then I sold videotapes of them playing to their parents. And so that's how it started. And I sort of had this captive audience of their parents sort of had to buy the videotapes. And then from there, I had this idea that I should should start a video production business and try to get video production clients and people that wanted videography and stuff like that. And what was interesting was that nobody actually wanted video production, but I had to build a website in order to have that business. And I taught myself how to do HTML to build a website. And all of a sudden, people started wanting websites. People knew that I built the website for this video production business. And so people started wanting websites. And that's how eventually it actually turned into a web design business. Did you build your website in high school? Yeah, that was in high school. I think I was 15 or something. Okay, so walk us through the next progression as your business transforms, as you realize that people need this service. How do you get to that point? Yeah, so it was it was a very quick sort of pivot because nobody would buy the video production and now all of a sudden people were coming out of the woodwork needing the websites. So that was one lesson, certainly just learning to look what are the needs out there in the market and trying to fulfill them rather than trying to sell what you want to sell. And so I, I quickly pivoted and f- started focusing on the websites. And then it was... It was sort of something all through high school and then all through college that, that I did on the side. And, you know, at that point I was, char- you know, at the beginning I was charging like $300 for websites. The first one I ever did, did I charged $150 for. And then in college it was more like four or $500 for sites. In college I had this startup company that I was trying to start up that was actually a website builder, like similar to like Squarespace or Wix or something. And... 
the web design was on the side. And then at the end of college, that startup company fell apart and didn't turn into anything. And so I graduated college with no job lined up and no startup company. And that's when all I really had was the freelance web design. And that's when I had to really go 100% focus on the web design. I love that. And we're going to get into that really, really shortly here. But I, I kind of want to dive into your mindset and your focus when you were in college and kind of how all of this came about. Because you seems like you, you, had, you had three different paths. So you were focused on three different things. What, what was your major in college? Information science. Information science. So you, you were going down this path. And what, what did you expect to become of your college degree? Because you said you graduated college with no job. What was the plan? I feel like I was one of those, almost had a little bit of a rebelliousness where I thought maybe I didn't need college. Maybe I could be like Bill Gates or something like that and drop out or whatever. My hope was that I have a startup company that would take off and I wouldn't need to get a job. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad I went. I learned a lot. I actually learned a lot more than I thought I would and got a lot more value out of it than I thought I would. But my mindset was more almost like I, I sort of have to do that. But I really wanted to do the, do the business side of things and I had a sort of a rebellious mindset in that way. Does that make yeah. sense? No, that, that definitely makes sense. And it seems like, you know, you had, you had two things that you were weighing. You were weighing, you know, going down the, the, it sounds like IT path maybe, and starting your, you know, your website builder. And it seems as though both of those kind of went awry or they didn't pan out, but you had this, this baby of yours that was kind of generating income for you. What, how did you start looking to, to expand that? And when did you decide that your, your other two paths were no longer the paths that you wanted to take? I never actually ended up even applying to any jobs or anything in terms of IT because I was so hoping that this startup company was going to take off. And basically, I, it was all in my head that it was going to take off because I never got even one person to sign up for it. I kept lowering the price. I remember I kept lowering the price. I eventually got down to $9 a month for it, and I never got even one person to pay that. After putting you know, months and a lot of months, you know, just like sort of just putting up a lot of money to build it and everything. What would you say is your biggest learning lesson and your biggest takeaway from that? Whereas in the beginning with the video production business, I, I saw that people were interested in the websites and I focused on this. I made the mistake here of building, once again, building what I wanted and not what people wanted. And so mm. I built a website builder that a web designer would like to use, but not a website builder that a business owner would actually know how to use. And then what I did was I focused more on, I just kept making it cheaper and I never figured out that maybe people didn't want it, that it wasn't the, the product that they wanted. And I think, I think that's a big mistake that entrepreneurs make. They think if they make it cheap enough, people will buy it. But that's not really how it works. People first have to actually want it and then they'll buy it if the price is right. You know, if they don't want it, then it doesn't matter what the price is. I love that. I love that a lot, Joe. So let's, I guess, progress down your path a little bit, a little bit more. You kind of figured out that you had this plan that was no longer going to work and you wanted to switch to your freelance work. How did you start to grow your freelance work? And what was your, what was your ultimate goal at the time as far as your freelance work? Did you see it becoming what it is today or did, were you kind of, you had a, a smaller mindset and it kind of blew up before your eyes? How did it, how did it go? At the beginning, it was really just trying to make some money because I graduated and I moved back in with my parents and I literally set up this office in my mom's. It was sort of like a garage, sort of like a basement. It wasn't even heated. I literally didn't even have a desk. I had two bookshelves with like this countertop, old countertop piece that I put on there. And that was my desk. And I remember like I had some friends that were like 
literally had, had minimum wage jobs. And I remember thinking, wow, to have that kind of money coming in every month, I can't even imagine that. And it was a minimum wage job. So I was just, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to move back in with my parents and everything. But at that point, it was just trying to make enough money that I felt like I wasn't a total failure, in all honesty. But eventually it started to, the thing that really took off was when I started to realize that I needed to go out and do marketing. That if I just relied on randomly people contacting me, then there was no way that was ever going to work. So I needed to actually start doing some kind of marketing on a consistent basis. It was originally not even paid advertising. It was just reaching out to people directly and having a routine around emailing people who are a good fit and posting jobs on sites like Elance and Upwork. It was Elance at the time. Now it's Upwork. But just starting to have a routine about every morning reaching out to lots of people and finally got to the point where if, if I was consistently reaching out to people, I'd start consistently getting clients. And that's where it started to come together. Do you remember that very first client? I remember, and I think the the key piece is that that first client from marketing, the first client that I got from a marketing activity, as opposed to just randomly from somebody that I knew or something. Yes. I remember this one client. It was a client that I, it's funny that one client I did this little WordPress website for, and they end up giving me more projects and then they end up referring me to other people. And I actually still am working with clients that, I got sort of as a result of that first project on Elance, but I remember that they accepted the bid and I think it was, it was either a $400 project or a $700 project, but it was this, it was that moment like, wow, I actually did some action and I got a client and I could do that again. And that's when I realized, I knew that there was something, I could just scale this up. That's amazing. So what was your, it kind of sounds like you originally you had this plan, you had this business, this freelance business, and you kind of maybe built out a website or you had a platform in which you you kind of described what you did, but you didn't really drive any traffic, at least any mark, any real marketing dollars or traffic to that site. So you weren't really, I mean, you didn't, you didn't really have a way of getting leads. And I kind of see a lot of entrepreneurs fall into that hole. I'm going to build up my business. I'm going to build up this website and I'm going to tell my family and friends, but there's no consistent way to get new leads, to get new customers. And that's really when you have a business. So what avenues do you explore to start creating leads at the top of your funnel? Once you understand this piece about like, if I want clients, I need to go out and do marketing. It seems so obvious, but so many business owners are exactly in that place that you talked about where they have a website and they're just sort of, sort of hoping that they're magically going to get some clients. I tried everything. I tried cold calling. I tried newspaper ads. I tried direct mail. I tried all kinds of different things. And the, 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 first, the very first thing that started to work was just posting jobs, posting for jobs on Elance. And every morning I'd have this routine where I think it was like every morning I sent out 25 responses. And I had this whole process around it where most people would just respond to the job posting with a quote or something. I would always respond first with a question. I would respond first with, this is an interesting project. Do you need this? Or what if we use this software for it or whatever? And then I get the person to engage with me and we would talk about it. And then I post. And that was the sort of special process that I had. And so that started to work. And then from there, it was direct email where I was just reaching out via email to local businesses, businesses that seemed like they would be a good fit. 
sort of basically just offering to jump on a call and see if we could work together. So it sounds like you had to kiss a lot of frogs before you found your prince, so to say. And that's what you have to do. Most of us, we don't know what our, what our ideal avatar is. And once we do figure out what our ideal avatar is, who our target audience is, we have to figure out where they are, what kind of, where to pull these people, whether that is direct mail marketing, if, that, if that's where they are and what they want, whether that is Facebook ads or, or, or Google ads or Elance or Upwork and Fiverr, you have to test the waters. And it seems like, again, you tested and tested and tested until you found where you had success at. And once you, once you found where you had success at, you started capitalizing on that. Is that kind of how your, your business started growing? And, and if so, what, what were your next steps? Yeah, absolutely. It was all about testing and trying all kinds of things to, to find that one thing that works. It was always finding something that works and then scaling it up. And I remember with just those unpaid strategies, reaching out to people, I remember that. So the biggest moment, one of the biggest moments of my whole life was the first $5,000 month. And I remember like that first month I broke $5,000. I remember being in the car, I picked up a check from somebody and I was literally like tearing up in the car. And then like two months later, I had my first $10,000 month. And that was cool, but it wasn't even nearly as cool as my first $5,000 month. But then what happened? I hit $10,000 a month and I realized that I couldn't, I was spending way too much time. There was no way I could do that every month. And so that's when I have to say, okay, how am I going to actually grow this business? And that's when I started looking to bring on contractors. And so I spent some time bringing on some contractors and then also increasing my pricing because I needed to be able to make, make more money per client. And then it was off to how, okay, it was sort of a phase thing where I did some marketing, then sort of hit the limit of my ability to deliver the services. So I went into a phase of bringing on contractors and things. And then it was a time to start going out and doing marketing. You hit $5,000 a month. And at this point, this amount of money a month can really sustain you. You're doing freelance work. You don't have to go in the office. You don't have to do a lot of the things that a lot of people have to do. And you could have just stayed there. That You could have been content with $5,000 a month. Why did you feel like you had to scale more? What was your goal? What was your burning desire? Uh, I'll say something funny that I've never actually said on a, in a podcast before. <laughs> so when I graduated college, I had a girlfriend that pretty soon after college, she, we ended up breaking up and she had gotten a job right out of college. And I had this goal of just being able to make as much money as she was making at that job. <laughs> that was all, in, in all truth. It was sort of a petty thing. It was a, it was a, a funny thing, but I just remember thinking if I could just hit that level, that would be something. And, you know, I, I never said that on a podcast. I always, I always thought about saying it, but <laughs> I said it here now, but definitely, that was sort of my, just, I, I needed some number to, to shoot for. And so that's the number I picked, but I always had this idea that I wanted to build, build a, a big business and, and make a lot of money, but it was, at the beginning, it was just, could I get the five grand? Because that's to me was like actually making real money. And what was funny was once I hit that five grand, it was very quick that I got to 10. And I think that's a really important lesson in there that I think sometimes people, when they go and they do something, they expect the results that they're going to get are going to be linear, where all of a sudden they'll start seeing results and they'll make 2,000, then 3,000, then 4,000. But Really, what I found is that it tends to be curved and exponential where you go and go and go and go and you almost make nothing, 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 and then all of a sudden you jump up to five. 
and that's really what it was like. I was, I was responding to all these jobs and some people be interested and sending all these emails and some people were interested. Still, I wasn't making that much. Maybe it was a thousand or 1500 a month and nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden a bunch of stuff closed and I hit 5,000 out of nowhere. And that first 5,000 month, I got that check to push me over 5,000 and I actually ended up getting almost to seven that month. And then two months later, I, I hit my first 10,000 month. And it was actually, it was actually 12,000 that month. And it was like this, this whole long string of just working really hard, nothing happening, and then just sort of going exponential. And I, I think realizing that if you're going to do something, you have to build up the momentum and you're not going to see immediate results from it. That's a really important lesson. When you were doing $300 work versus when you were doing $1,000 and $1,500 work versus when you were doing $5,000 work, did the work actually change? Were you incorporating more activities or more benefits or were you simply just increasing your prices because you knew that your worth was much more valuable than what you were charging? I think yes and no. I think the work, no, in that it was still the same kinds of things, building websites and everything, but it was more, my knowledge increased. It wasn't my knowledge about the building of the website, it was my knowledge about helping the client. So, you know, I learned more and more about how to build a website that would actually convert well when people get, went to the website. You know, it was the still same kind of thing, designing the website in Photoshop and WordPress and stuff like that, but I got better at knowing how to, knowing the marketing and knowing how to build a website that would actually get the results for the client. And that's how I was able to charge more really. Okay. That makes sense. So let, let's kind of progress down your journey. And you talk about hitting your mark of five grand a month. And then t you talk about hitting your mark of 10 grand a month. And this is around the time that you realize you need it to scale and you couldn't be a one man show anymore. So you start bringing on contractors and I believe this is when you start building your virtual team. So what do you think are some tips or some takeaways we can give the listeners of the audience when it comes to working with a virtual team or, or hiring your first virtual contractor? One of the big mistakes that I see people make, especially freelancers, people like that, is they tend to use what I call the overflow model instead of the production line model. So the overflow model is if I have an extra projects that I can't handle, I'll just push them off to somebody else. And the problem with that is then, one, you never actually free up any of your own time. If you have to be completely busy to push a project off to somebody, then you never free up any of your own time. And then the other thing is, if I'm just sort of pushing a project over to you when I'm too busy, I'm not really worried about making a profit on that project. I'm just trying to make the client happy and push it off to somebody. What you want is you want a production line approach where you say, okay, what are the phases of these projects? And so I lined up that there was a, a design phase where I would design the website in Photoshop. And then there was a phase where that Photoshop design had to be converted into a WordPress theme. Then there was a phase where the WordPress site had to be built out with all the pages and everything. And there were these different phases. So then what I did was rather than some projects, some other, somebody else would do some projects I did, I would take specific phases and find somebody to do that one phase. So the first thing I did was I found somebody to do that, take the Photoshop design and turn it into a WordPress theme. And so it was this assembly line where every project I did the design, that person did that one part and then I did the other parts and I would just go phase by phase replacing one phase at a time in that assembly line and so that's what you need to do you don't want to just you're too busy you throw stuff off to people you want to figure out what are the phases of your projects or what are the roles in your business and go one at a time and hand one role or one phase off to some sort of a contractor.
I love that a lot, Joe. I think I've experienced kind of that overflow model. I'm too busy. So I just kind of find somebody and throw all the work on and that has never panned out. So I love that so much. And I'm going to definitely try to implement that in my businesses as well. So let's go down your journey a little bit further. And now let's talk about you really, really scaling. You building these $30,000 websites. Like how did this come about? How did this start happening? And forward looking, what are you planning on, on doing? Are you planning on kind of staying where you are? Are you, are you after the next big thing? Yeah. So the thing that happened next, once I, I was at that sort of 10,000 level and we started bringing on contractors, once I started marketing again, the next type of marketing that really took off was Google AdWords. Figured out a system for Google AdWords. And again, it was all kinds of experimentation. It was, I tried magazine ads. I, I tried all kinds of stuff. I remember one time I spent $5,000 on this magazine ad and I didn't even get one phone call from it. So that didn't work. Wow. But I, yeah, it's crazy. I got, I got Google AdWords working and all of a sudden it was just phone call after phone call. And I think I ran it for like three months and then had more clients and projects than I could handle. Really? Yeah. And it was again at that point where, okay, I, gotta, I have some contractors. That's when I had to say, okay, how can we actually bring in some more, some project managers and things? And, you know, it was funny. It was, this, it was the same thing that, you have to keep going, 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 and all of a sudden I hit 5,000. It was the exact same thing where, now at that point I was doing, we were doing maybe 10, 15, and I'm spending money on AdWords. And I was spending money on AdWords and spending money on AdWords and generating leads and sending out proposals, but nothing's closing. And I did this for a few months, and then all of a sudden all these projects started closing, and we sold $50,000 worth of websites in a month. And it was the exact same thing where, it was like nothing was happening, nothing was happening, and boom, we sold 50 grand of, in one month. And it blew everything out. I couldn't handle it. I, it was the first time ever that I had a client that was mad at me because I was taken, like, they called me, they said they wanted something, I totally forgot about it, and I just couldn't even handle it. So I had to turn off all the ads at that point, and that was the point then I started, I took a whole lot of time to start bringing in project managers that could handle projects and had to Go back to that building up the business uh, side of things. I love that. And it, the major takeaway for the audience today is persistence. I think that persistence is what has been what, what's paid off for you. I mean, you know, you, you keep going at things and you keep going at it and going at it and you don't give up. And then finally, you kind of see that, that bell-shaped curve. It goes up exponentially at one time. And that's amazing. So maybe let, let's talk about some strategies that you can give someone who's looking for their next, their first few clients if they're just starting out. How did, or maybe some of the strategies that you implemented on Google AdWords that our listeners can possibly take away from. Yeah, so first off, as we, we talked a little bit about before, before you go out and do any marketing, you need to know who exactly you're marketing to. I sometimes talk about the who, what, why marketing model, which is you need to know who you're selling to, what are you actually selling them, and why, and why refers to why would they buy it, what are their problems, what are their needs, you know, that kind of thing. And you need to figure that out first. If you, you can't do marketing without knowing that. So you figure that out. And then if you're just starting out, I think direct email, where you simply just find somebody who's a perfect fit for your services and say, hey, just write them a casual email saying, hey, you know, I came across your information. We specialize in XYZ and I'd love to jump on a call if you think it would be a good fit. And just manually reaching out via direct email to people who are a perfect fit, if you nail the who, what, and why, that could be a, an incredibly powerful way to get started. 
So the who, what, and the why. Know who your avatar is, know what they want, know why they want it, and go get them. That's amazing. So let's progress down, down your path a little bit further. You know, we've talked about how you've been able to scale massively. What's next for you? What, what's on the horizon? What do you plan on doing? About a year and a half ago, I started sort of this other business. I, I started having some people wanting to know how I was growing my web design business and everything. And so I started doing some consulting with them. And that really took off and now became its own business where we have a training program for web designers that want to develop and scale their businesses. So that's become really cool. We have this whole community of web designers and agency owners. We just had our live event a few months ago where people flew into the Pittsburgh and we did a sort of couple day mastermind session. And, and so the web design business is, is, is humming and we have project managers handling projects. But my focus is more and more on this, this new business with this training program for web designers because I absolutely love sort of helping them. And it's when somebody in that program gets a client, I feel like it's almost cooler than when I get a client myself. And so my focus is on building that business and growing that community. That's amazing. Maybe touch on one or two success stories from, from that business that really hit home for you that you think would hit home for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. One that, that I just thought was really cool and almost made me cry. If it didn't, I can't quite remember. There was a lady in there, and I think her business was making maybe a, maybe $1,000 a month at that point, and she was charging like $600 a month for websites. Or not, not $600 a month. She was charging like $600 to do a website. And I worked with her to increase her prices tenfold so the, to the point where she was charging 6000 for websites. Within a couple weeks of us working together, and without, she hadn't spent any money on advertising. She was just doing the, the direct email that we talked about, reaching out to people who were perfect fit. She landed her first $6,000 deal. And then like two days later, a couple days later, she landed another deal. She was charging $600 before. And I remember her calling me. I was away and she called me and we were on the phone and I was in this hotel. And she was telling me how now she would be able to buy Christmas presents for her kids. And it was just like, oh my God, now she'd be able to buy Christmas presents for her kids. It was just incredible. That is amazing. And I love to touch on the, the fact that it's not, about, it's not about the dollar amount. It's not about how much she's making now. It's the, it's the way you've affected her life. It's the way you've affected her living, her lifestyle, what she's able to do her for her family. And that type of fulfillment is second to none. So I, I, can, I can just imagine how much joy the second business brings you, you know, regardless of the revenue stream, you know, it's being able to change people's lives. I think that's phenomenal. That's amazing. So where do you, where do you see that business in the next few years? Oh man, I think that the cool thing is the community. I want to grow that community as large as I can. The, the, we have this private Facebook group and people are in there just networking and sharing things with each other and it's sort of taken on its life of its own. And over the next few years, that's the thing I'm excited about, seeing it sort of take a life of its own. That's amazing. It's, it's crazy how you started out as a designer making $300 per website and you know, you've grown and you scaled this much. This is pure entrepreneurship at its finest. So what advice do you have for young people who are interested in entrepreneurship? Where do they start? What do they do? How do they get plugged in? How do they even know what area or expertise, what niche to pick? I mean, there's so many variables out there. And I think that confusion is what, quite frankly, prevents a lot of people from getting started. Yeah, I think the, the advice I always have for people just starting out in, in entrepreneurship is that you need to pick, just pick anything and get into business. I see a lot of people that are, like you said, they're not sure where to, where to go, where to start. And they spend years like trying to wait for that brilliant business idea that it's going to be the next Facebook or something. And the reality is that 
I started a video production business that didn't turn any, into anything. I started a website builder, didn't turn into anything. You need to just get into business and start learning about marketing and sales and just business and everything and see what the next step is rather than waiting for that perfect idea. So whether it's doing something online, whether it's doing some kind of investing like real estate, whatever it is, whether it's doing freelance work, just choose something and get into business and start learning. We recommend only the best books on this show. With that being said, we can understand the urge to read the last book you've heard an entrepreneur get excited about. Well, guess what? You can go read it right now. We've partnered with Audible, an Amazon company that produces high-quality audiobooks. Together, we are offering, and for free, a 30-day trial and one free book as soon as you sign up. So, if you've been eyeing a certain book but haven't quite been able to pull the trigger yet, we'd love to cover the cost for you. Just visit audibletrial.com slash before the millions to start reading or listening to your next free book. The link is also in the show notes of this episode at beforethemillions.com. The best real estate investing advice ever show is literally the only daily podcast that I subscribe to. And now I'm prescribing for you. The world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's unprecedented. Visit joefearless.com slash show for the back catalog. Enjoy. Lifestyle Design Acceleration Hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? Favorite book that I, I think everybody should read is a book called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Psycho-Cybernetics. What is that about? It's a fascinating book. It's about, it was actually written by someone who was a plastic surgeon. And he was confused how he'd have people come in and make them better looking or they'd have some big disfigurement or whatever and some of them would go on to lead these lead these amazing lives because they'd have all this renewed confidence and then some people even though now they looked great still weren't confident and they'd still feel bad about themselves and they'd still be afraid to go out in public and everything he was confused by that and so he came up with this idea of the self-image and the identity how we all have a have a sort of a way we view ourselves and the self-image and that that really determines what we do. And so he was sometimes fixing somebody's exterior, but their self-image was messed up and that that's why they weren't able to be more confident. So what he talks about is that you can't do anything in the real world if it's not in alignment with your identity and your self-image. So he talks a lot about doing affirmations and sort of purposely developing the identity that you want. So if you want to be good at sales, you actually have to believe that you're good at sales and start at the sort of identity or self-image level of, you know, convincing yourself to, that you actually are good at sales. I love that. That sounds like a great recommendation. First time that book has been recommended on this show. So we'll definitely have to check that out. Second question. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. I absolutely love 17 Hats. 17hats.com. Anybody that is doing a, a freelance business or, or their own business where they're, they're working with clients, it's the, the most birds with the fewest number of stones. It's an app that does proposals that can be electronically signed, invoices, bookkeeping, to-do lists and keeping track of projects and CRM. And it's like everything that you need to run a freelance business or an agency all rolled into one. It's just fabulous. It sounds fabulous. <laughs> what do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? 
the thing that I enjoy the most about my the way I've deliberately sort of set things up is the is the virtualness of it. I love being able to work from home, and I love being able to be all over the place. So this year, my my fiance and I were all all over Eastern Europe and in Hungary and Czech Republic and everything. And I was down in the Bahamas, and my fiance and I were in were in Ireland. A really cool experience. We were in Ireland in this. This little place that was so remote in Ireland that they didn't even have an address. There was just GPS coordinates. <laughs> and what was cool is I'm there in this little, like, it was literally this thatched cottage in the middle of nowhere, Ireland. And I'm there on like a Wi-Fi hotspotty thing. And my project managers were meeting with clients and a salesperson was closing deals while I'm there in Ireland at this, in the middle of nowhere. It was pretty cool. That is amazing. And that is the vision that I, I'd love to, that's like the perfect picture you can paint to kind of put in people's heads when it comes to lifestyle, the ultimate lifestyle design. That That's how you do it. I love it. I love it so much. What sacrifices did you know that you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? The big one was the, the obvious path and the uncertainty. I could have very easily just gotten a job, you know, right after college. I had a degree and everything. Could have very easily done that. And that's what everybody wanted me to do. And I chose not to. And I had to... It was a tough thing. Like when you, when I'm there in the, my mom's basement, it's not even heated and I'm barely making any money and everybody's off. My friends in college were getting jobs at Oracle and Amazon and places like that. You have to sort of sacrifice the immediate getting money immediately and the security immediately for the long term and it was hard i doubted myself a lot during those times i would never say that i hadn't that i didn't doubt myself yeah but i think the important thing to remember or to kind of keep it top of mind is that you kept going again it's about persistence and you you persisted and persisted and persisted until that bell-shaped curve finally went almost straight upward for you so that that's amazing who was essential to your growth before the millions and why so many people, I mean, the whole idea of, of mentorship is so, so important. Mentorship, being surrounded by people who are successful, absolutely. Back in the beginning, I had some, some people, I knew people who had, had web design businesses locally that were successful, that were mentors. And then, you know, there's so many mentors I've had via books and courses. Reading Dan Kennedy's books on marketing was powerful. Courses from Eben Pagan about marketing and productivity were, were powerful. It just I was constantly putting myself into into situations where I'm with where I'm learning from or whether it's via book or course or whether it's in person, people are more successful. And it's the same thing now I'm still in masterminds where I'm the, the lowest person on the totem pole. And that's where that's where you always have to be. Exactly, exactly. If you're the smartest person in the room, you need to change your surroundings. So that's yep. amazing. Why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention on getting to the millions? It's sort of like if you go to like the carnival or you go to an amusement park, there's all those games where you can pay like a couple bucks and you try to hit the, the hammer or you try to throw the ball in the thing or whatever. And they always look super easy, but when you actually do it, you fail. And the reason is because there's a trick to it. Right, it's hitting the hammer, hitting the thing up to the top of the thing with the hammer is not about strength, it's about the, there's a trick to it, right? And I think so many people come into entrepreneurship and they think, well, if I just hustle hard enough or I just work hard enough, I'll get there. And absolutely working hard and keeping going is absolutely critical, but there's so many points where there's some little trick that you have to sort of 
know the trick. And I think that's why you have to learn, you have to read books, you have to do courses, you have to have mentors because there were so many times where it seemed like the obvious thing to do was to keep trying to sell that website builder for nine bucks and nobody would buy it for nine bucks, right? So most people would think, well, you gotta go cheaper. Well, what I actually did that worked was I had to start start charging five and $10,000 for websites, right? It was this totally counterintuitive thing. So you, you need the mentors, you need the books, you need the education to see those tricks, those counterintuitive things that, that are really what it's about. I love that so much, but you kind of piqued my interest because I think that's a great subject really quick to touch on. I know that was the last question, but let's end with this. You talk about... I guess a, a paradigm shift. You talk about knowing that exact sweet spot to hit. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that you were able to, to have clients paying you 500, 5,000, 10,000, but you couldn't get clients paying you $9? Why do you think that you were able to do that? That particular thing, because it, it was focusing on price. And this is, this is so important. So, so many people, it took me a long time to figure this out. People who are just by themselves as freelancers or people who've always struggled with money, right, who've never been in an abundant situation, are really focused on money. You're always trying to think, well, I'm, when I go out to eat, what can I get to get the cheapest thing? And you're always thinking about money, right? Well, the reality is that there's all these business owners and all these people out there where money is not the most important thing. So when I go and I meet a business owner, that business owner doesn't care whether they're paying 5000 or 4000 The cost of the website is not the main concern right? They're interested in the results they're going to get from that website, or they have this problem that they need solved. And I think so many people, again, who've struggled with money, forget that there's all these people out there that money is not the main thing they're concerned about. And so all these web designers are talking about cheap websites, affordable websites. All these business owners are saying, I don't care how much it costs. I just need something that can actually solve my problem for me. And everybody's just screaming cheap websites. You know, it's like, if you go to some restaurant, you pay $100 for a steak. You're not paying $100 for a steak so that you don't starve to death. You actually want it. And so when somebody buys a $5,000 website, it's the same thing. They're not buying a $5,000 website so they can get that checked off their list. It's because they actually want the solution and the results. And that whole thing is something that I think a lot of people don't realize if they've never been in an abundant money situation. Well said, Joe. That was a perfect way to end the show. This has been truly spectacular information. I hope you guys have gained some insight into, into Joe's life and how he went from this video production guy to this guy who's now running two companies from Ireland. It, it, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, thanks for sharing your Before the Million story and kind of just guiding us through your process and being an inspiration for others. Hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to, able to connect again soon, but leave our listeners with where to contact you, where to reach you, where to learn more about you and your business, and maybe even possibly use some of your, your services. Yeah, absolutely. So on the web design agency side, you can go to kasherbawebdesign.com. And on the other side with the training for freelancers and agency owners, you can go to joekasherba.com. There you have it, everybody. And Joe, again, thank you so much. And we'll catch you next time.